Hey, Mark. Hey, Matt. Uh, do you hear that? Uh, no. Your voice? I'd, no, I can hear someone who can do a muscle up. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. I, t- I took that video and I put it everywhere. But then I wasn't sure if it was some AI deep fake. So. Hey, so you good know. on you for your skepticism. I applaud that. But I can, this is coming from the source. It's for real. Matt, that's me in the video. I can do it. You know I'm going to make you do one now when you come to Montreal. No problem. I can string like five together. So, yeah. Whoa. It's So, if you're listening and you don't know what a muscle-up is, you're, it's, you know, you're in the pull-up position beneath the bar, and then you get yourself over the bar, and you press the bar underneath you so that you could climb the bar, effectively climb over the bar. And uh, I could do it before pandemic. It was a skill that I learned just before pandemic started. And then I was locked at home for two years and I didn't get a chance to do a muscle up. And it was a goal that I set just after Christmas. I was like, by April 1st, I, I know I can get it. So I just stuck around after every class or lifting session I would do. And I would just work on my pull-ups. And after a while, I knew I had the strength. So I just wanted to do it. And uh, I was fighting, fighting. And then as soon as I got one, it's that reminder of, oh, right, that's what you need to do. So I got it. And then I, in the same session, I could string three together. And since then, I can string five together. Nice. Yeah. I'm so proud. Like, that was a goal that I had <laughs> set for myself. And I, I, uh, it's kind of crazy to be like, all right, well, if this is the thing you want to do, like, work backwards from it. And it worked. It was a really cool win. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. So now you're, you're officially a tech bro now. Exactly. Yeah. I'm ready to do some psychedelics and I'm ready to microdose and do some CrossFit. Let's go. Let's do this. All wins. Oh, so how's it been going? What's on, what's new for you? Yeah, it's, it's going well. Um, so I've been thinking of, of like hiring someone, mm-hmm. um, to like, to build more importers. Okay. Um, but then, but then I was trying to, okay, like, how can I, how can I, how can I do this? I have no idea. Like, <laughs> well, first of all, there's the whole hiring someone. I have no idea how to do sure. But Like I'm looking at my code and it's like, really, if I gave access to someone, you know, if I put this on GitHub and I give them access, are they really going to know how to create a new importer? Like, mm. so it was like, no, this, this is insane. I, I don't even think I can do it. So. I think I need to do a refactoring. So okay, but then then I I get put my entrepreneur hat on. And really, this is this is what the business needs. Like mm. rewriting code, like right? Because mm. for for two years now, I've been in go 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 mode. Like just ship an MVP and then ship ship the next importer and ship a new feature, right? Like and so I'm copy pasting code and I'm all the old code is still there because I always wanted to be backward compatible when adding right. new features so it's it's a mess so uh, so now i'm at the point where it, it's slowing me down to creating new importers mm-hmm. i so i think that's the right decision is to do a refactoring even though it it seems like the wrong <laughs> the wrong decision mm. right it's uh, like when i was when I, when I was an employee like we would love refactorings right oh yeah like, it's know, a chance to hone your like, skill <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You'd ask your manager, come on, come on. In the long run, we're going to save money. It's right? four story points, man. Just put it in the sprint. <laughs> but we, we knew deep down it was just 
bullshit. We just wanted to write some nice clean code. Exactly. But now I have to wear both hats. So mm-hmm. the manager part of me says bullshit, <laughs> but the right. developer architect part says, no, no, like really the, there's too much technical debt here. Like we need to, we need to fix mm-hmm. it. And, and I, I mean, I do enjoy refactoring. Uh, and then once it's all, once it's all clean code, writing new importers will be fun again. Like, mm. so why would I even hire someone to do it? <laughs> I might do it myself. <laughs> but, but we'll see when we get there. <laughs> sure. I might, I might hire someone to build them then, but. Right. How big of a refactor is it? Like, do you have a rough idea of how long it might take? Well, I I started like I started planning it and and analyzing the code and and I did really start with a broad scope where I was like, all right, let's let's rewrite the whole billing and Whoa. the whole billing section. Let's let's rewrite the whole uh, like configuring the importers and then the code that actually runs the imports. Mm-hmm. So I I really did a big. A big scope. Now I'm starting to make it smaller. Right. So, so yeah, like the billing. Um, yeah, that's that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> mm. I'm not ready for that one. But, but yeah, I think I think just just the the interface for configuring a workflow or mm. an importer, and then the, the code where the importers run in the background. I think that's that's the scope that I'm concentrating on now. Okay. And I, th- yeah, it it could be big. At one point, I was really trying to like model something very generic, where all the screens would just be auto-generated. Oh, whoa! Uh, yeah, but it's—I mean, already I just have two importers, and already there's there are different steps that are completely different between the two. Right. So even there, I'm not able to generalize this, the, those concepts. So it, mm-hmm. yeah, I quickly gave up on that. It was like, no, this. It, I'm never going to find a generic thing that works for all no-code tools. Right. Okay. Mm. Is there a is there a quick win there? Like, I, I don't know. Can you copy and paste enough stuff around to be able to create a clear contract that you can work against? Or, or at least, like, get to that abstraction so that you can... I mean, you could continue to refactor as... Or, or as you hire somebody to build uh, another importer for you, for example. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I haven't... I have an idea now how to cut it into smaller pieces. Mm. Um, even if this, uh, like the screens that the user uses to configure their importers, even if all those are not reusable, like at least mm. they'd be, they each be like each step of the wizard would be its own, its own module that right. can be re- reused between different importers. Like some of mm. them, like, you know, for example, the one where you connect the Webflow account, like mm. that, that should be the same for all of them. Right. <clears throat> mm. So, no, but I think, I I really don't think, um, and I don't envision hiring someone anytime soon to okay. to step in and start writing code. Okay. I think the, I think really it's, it's me doing a refactor. So then I have a clear idea, like how I will build the next importer, like how it mm. will fit in this new structure. Right. And then decide, yeah, at that point, do I outsource it to to a contractor and mm-hmm. see you know, see how how that goes? Right. Okay. I'm very proud of you for being <laughs> for for questioning that like ooh refactor and then like no no wait <laughs> right. think this through. That's uh I because I know what I would have done. 
bring, <laughs> bring on the refactoring. Let's go. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm, you know, there's no, no regrets. Like for sure. I'm glad that it, I'm glad that I'm at this point where the code is, is ugly. And yeah, I think that that's a testament to how disciplined I was to concentrate on shipping and finding product, product market fit. Like yep. who cares if the code is ugly? And I mean, at least it's, it works. Like it's not the, you know, there's oh, yeah. no major bugs. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. The, and yeah, the other thing is I was, I was thinking of also refactoring the whole invoicing and billing and all that. Okay. Um, and while doing that, I, I remembered that last year I switched everyone over to these new plans because before I had only one, right. one flat, flat rate per month. Mm-hmm. And last last March, I introduced these three different tiers now. And I emailed everyone and told them, you know, I grandfather you in for for the next year. Like, you can stay on the old plan. And I had a reminder in my calendar, like, now's the time to maybe force everyone to switch to their new tiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, I decided to, to just grandfather them indefinitely. Okay. It was like, ah, the hassle of, like, <laughs> sending an email blast and angering some people. or Sure. It's like I don't know. I did a, a bit of math, and it was like it's not worth it. Whatever. Cool. If you're listening and you're in that cohort, thank Mark on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, don't let your subscription cancel. <laughs> There's going to be an aftermarket <laughs> for, uh, exactly. for power power border subscriptions. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's all the update I have for Power Importer. How about you? Yeah, lots to talk about on my side. Uh, Okay, so uh, my focus for the last two weeks has been talking to as many people as possible. So uh, first thing that I've kind of learned was, so I uh, had a first conversation. Uh, okay, so it, let me back up. So I am, uh, I've been surfing on a lot of subreddits, trying to uh, understand what people are talking about, learn a little bit more about their problems. That's been interesting, but if I had to talk about it, I would say that, you know, when you go to the Shopify subreddit, when people are running a DTC brand, they're not hanging out in like the Shopify subreddit. It's too meta. They're like, oh, well, this is a Shopify problem versus this is a problem for my business. So there's going to be things that you learn that you just can't know about um, from the Shopify subreddit, for example. So, you know, no, no big surprise there. So uh, I know a couple of DTC people. Uh, and you can also find them there. Uh, you can find them on Twitter. Uh, often gurus will post about, they're very loud. So you can always look at their followers and see, okay, are these people active? Are they running their own brands? And you can see the size of their following. So I've been using that as a cold DM approach um, to try to reach out to people to say, hey, I, so basically I rewatched that Jason Cohen um, microconf talk about designing a bootstrap business and he gives that tidbit about hey i'm building this service and i'm building it for people like you and i want to talk to you so i took that script i modified it just a little bit and that's been my cold outreach message um i don't care about the rate i just want to talk to you um but no love uh no love so uh, no love on the cold out on the cold outreach there's a couple people in in my network uh, and you know, you, you've referred a couple people to me as well. And so I've chatted with some of them and that's been really enlightening. Um, couple things that I've learned. So, uh, have you ever done a purchase order for power importer? No, no. Okay. 
um, avoid it if you can. Apparently, <laughs> it's very annoying. Sounds, it sounds very enterprisey. Yeah. Um, so it seems like if people are doing a lot of bulk orders, it's usually associated with bulk orders or something custom. Uh, there's a whole process there of you have to get a PO and there's a negotiation period and like, how is it paid? And you ha and it starts to loop more people into the deal. Oh, sometimes there are even contracts. Maybe it's just a billing department, but it's a huge headache because someone has to own that process. And it's very, uh, it's a very sensitive process because money is involved. Usually there's some negotiation there. So, you know, passing it off to another person feels very scary. So, uh, but it's a huge time suck. So people are, cause people think like, oh, well I've kind of like, you know, quote unquote, I've made the sale. They're interested. They want to buy. And they're just trying to finagle a little bit of, a little bit of a price break, but you know, ultimately the sale is made. So from like a growing your business perspective, it's not like that important. It's like, you know, you can give them a reason, like a small discount, give them, make them feel like they won and move on. But it's a, it's a huge thorn. The people that are doing it don't enjoy doing it and they can't, they feel like they can't delegate it, which is an interesting pain. Um, but yeah, I've learned a fair amount about, uh, you know, the process of running a DSC brand, for example, a lot of the problems that they're dealing with. So of the people that I've spoken to, um, the first things that people were talking about were, uh, dealing with their suppliers and dealing with the third party logistics companies that receive the, the shipments from overseas and fulfill it throughout uh, whatever region they serve. Uh, apparently, you know, dealing with suppliers is really hard because you're always dealing with middlemen. You know, most SMBs can't afford the minimum order requirements of a full factory. So they have to deal with a middleman and then they know they're getting reamed. <laughs> so they have to figure out like, how do I manage this? And then on the 3PL side, um, the, 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 the logistics people, uh, they're just really difficult people to deal with. They don't take a lot of ownership over the mistakes that they make. And the, it sucks because the people who bear the who bear the, the the brunt of that are the end customer who don't get what they wanted or they don't get it on time. And it sucks because it's the it's the brand that suffers there. They don't have a lot of bargaining power. So you want to change between 3PLs and uh, it's like doing brain surgery on your business. Like all of a sudden your ship, your incoming shipments need to come from one place and go out of another place. Like it's, it's very confusing and it's, it's hard work. And you're tr oftentimes you're trading one set of problems for another set. It's kind of like the devil, you know, versus the devil you don't. So uh, that's been very interesting. I was hoping to hear more like, oh, geez, I, <laughs> I sure do wish I had software that did X, <laughs> but you know, ob obviously <laughs> that's, it's not going to be the way it goes. No. Uh, so uh, you know, it was pretty annoying to do the outreach. Uh, it was very scary. I had to make myself do it. So I was able to distract myself quite a lot. So I read through Jobs to be Done. Uh, I've always wanted to read that book. So I, I managed to read through it. And there's some really interesting topics in there. Uh, I'm going to keep digging into that universe a little bit more. Um, just really understanding like this, the idea of a customer need and how that how that maps onto things. Very interesting. Like, especially uh, they talk about, um, yeah, like it, it, they have a couple of case studies in the book about a customer need and addressing customer needs and how it, it informs positioning somewhat. And then being able to like, you know, take that and, and strengthen your product positioning and, and have it resonate more with your target audience. Really cool. Um, so that's been the referrals and the cold outreach. So 
Uh, next thing I discovered was there is a company. It is a, uh, I guess it's a Shopify consultancy. And they, uh, the owner has been asking his clients, I suppose, are you interested in being like a, a point of contact for people who are looking to interview people? So it's kind of like GuidePoint Global or Clarity.fm, kind of like, are you willing to just be paid a certain amount per hour and have someone interview you? So I set a budget of $1,000 and said, all right, introduce me to people. So I invoked this service and uh, people have started to book me. So I have an interview here in a couple of hours. I had one earlier this week. Um, So that's been very interesting. Uh, The profiles of people that you can talk to because it's a varying business sizes. Um, Some people are solo, some people have larger teams and like being able to talk some of that through, which is very interesting. Uh, That's really just getting started. Uh, but I mean, it's God, it's so, it reminds me so much that people who are on fire want to talk about their problems and they're like happy to get into a room with you. And I'm listening to these people. I'm like, Oh God, (laughs) I so badly am missing this pull. (laughs) So what I'm realizing is, you know, thinking again, thinking about this as an experiment, it's a pretty big red flag to me that I can't get more people to talk to me. It's okay that I'm paying them that I'm, I'm totally fine to do that. Um, but the fact that I can't turn this crank forever, this, this paid talking crank, I need to be able to find something that resonates with people. So up until now, my cold outreach has been very general. Hey, I'll pay you for an hour of your time. I'm just really interested in hearing from you. But I think the only, I don't know how likely people are. Well, I mean, (laughs) right now I'm batting zero, but I don't know how likely people are ever to respond positively to that message. I may need to get more concrete. Um, Hey, how do you deal with 3PLs? I'm just dying to know what you think of them. And maybe I can get people in the room. But right now, I still don't have a direction to go in of what are people dealing with. So right now, I have some ideas of some things that I've seen, but really, I don't have any direction. I'm relying on these next few interviews to hopefully set a direction for me that I can use to start reaching out to people directly. And if they'll speak to me, great. And if they won't, then... Uh, I just need to call it quits with this because I can't get people to talk to me. They are, well, no, right. I think, I'll, I'll, t- I'll walk that back. I think that the only way going forward to get people to talk to me is to start an e-commerce store. Um, it's what gives you legitimacy. And I understand that that makes total sense to me, um, but I don't see another way forward. So, yeah, I, no, it's, yeah. it seems like just, just saying, uh, just when I was hearing you say, I'm going to set a thousand dollar budget to like talk to people. And I was thinking like, wow, like if that's a bet, like what's the, what's the return on that bet? Like, it's like if you're willing to spend a thousand dollars to talk to these people, when mm-hmm. do you think you would recoup this thousand dollars? Uh, the, the money that I'm trading is for, is to be able to calibrate an idea, uh, uh, is to hone in on an idea or a problem or a pain or, at, or even area at this point that, D2C Shopify owners uh, have because I can't seem I can't get access to these people any other way. Um, And I guess I'm holding out for the fact that if I can bring something concrete to the table, that people will be more likely to take me up on my cold email offers or to give me access or let me in somewhere, because that's really the the issue is I have no in. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. Because if you had a, you've had a few conversations, there like you you have a you have no problem already that you could 
describe in their language, you could start in that direction? Mm. The problems that have been surfaced to me so far are suppliers and 3PLs, because those are, those are such powerful drivers of, of profit. Like you, you get a, supp- a supplier that's just cheaper or closer to the factory, and all of a sudden your profit is just up 30%. So, I mean, there's that aspect of it. 3PL, I mean, yeah, if you can figure out how to make their 3PLs better, or maybe there's a better 3PL potentially, but I mean, those are very physical problems, both of them. Um, finding a supplier in a country that I don't live in, you speaking a language that I don't speak, like that's that's a very in a world that I know nothing about. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty big problem. I understand 3PL a little bit better, but you know, only in terms of like what their incentives are. Um, other than that, I haven't found anything specific. Well, I, I will say support like customer support in general, having great support um, because there's this problem happening right now around AI, AI and VAs in the Philippines. Uh, right now, lots of e-commerce brands will, outsource their their support to the Philippines and they're basically just macro factories like they're in Gmail pop up a macro and be like oh sorry your thing was late here's a discount code or whatever there's no personalization or anything like that um or you you hire Emma <laughs> right <laughs> and, you, and and then you get that kind of personal you get that personal touch um and I think e-commerce brands they realize they don't want to do that but versus doing the having the founder do it uh you know the founder needs to be able to work on the business not for the business so they're willing to you know take a hit when it comes to customer support or you know a a hit i mean like you know they're willing to use some of these tools um because you know their audience is is 20 year olds or you know in the 20 to 30 range who understand that this is how you know quote unquote this is how customer support is done so they're okay waiting or that maybe you know they're okay with with defects or whatever, or maybe it's the, even the price of the product that dictates it. But yeah, there's this expectation on the behalf of the buyer for some markets that say, I'm okay with this level of service. So the e-commerce sellers are like, yeah, no problem. Then this is, this is the level I can serve while I grow my business. But yeah, other than that, I, I don't, I haven't been able to find a common thread, but then again, I haven't had many conversations. So I have a hard time with this of knowing like, when is enough enough? I don't really know. The people I've spoken to just have a ton of conviction in their business and are willing to spend their time and their money on the things that matter. Like people go abroad to meet factories, to try to get into factories, to lower their costs. Like it's a big problem. And there's all sorts of these like big pulls. Um, But yeah, I just don't know if it's kind of a problem that I can help them with. Right. So not sure. Not sure. Okay. Let's say if we go back in time, when, Mm -hmm. when did you start talking to, to DTC people? I had my first interview last week, last Monday or Tuesday. But when, when did you start like oh. the whole thing, like hanging out in forums and cold emailing people or DMing? Uh, yeah, it, it, hanging out in forums and everything. Let's call it a month ago. Okay. So like a month ago, what would, what was your, like your prediction, your idea for this, mm. for this experiment? Like... Uh, a month ago, I my goal was I want to, uh, I think I said in two weeks, I wanted to have a idea that I could begin having conversations about. Okay. And then at the end of that two weeks, I said, okay, I haven't made enough of an effort to to talk with people directly. 
Um, I can't just sit online and watch people converse. It's not working. And that's when I started to, that's when I made the, the real concerted outreach of like, okay, how do I find people who are willing to speak with me? Okay. And now it's, it's a month and you still don't have an idea, but you have Perfect. a few in- interviews scheduled. That's right. So, so like how, if you had to set a deadline, like mm. how long now until that original goal of finding an idea that you can start running with? Sure. So I have, I have an interview set for today and tomorrow and Monday. That'll be three more interviews with DTC owners. If I don't have a clear idea or I don't know, even, I don't even want to call it an idea, but like if I don't have a topic that I can say, oh, there's a lot of pain here and I know that I can start having conversations around it, then uh, I think I think it's time to pull the plug. Honestly, I yeah, it's either time to pull the plug or start my own e-commerce store. <laughs> And I don't, I don't, I don't love the idea of that. It, it's not the kind of business that I'm, I want to run. It doesn't play to my skills. So. Yeah. I mean, cause at the beginning of this, of this year, like this whole experiment was like, yeah, you're going to do a bunch of small bets and, mm-hmm. you know, until you find something that, that sticks and it feels mm-hmm. like you, you hit something. And so, yeah, I would, I would scope these to have an idea. Like, like how, how big is this one? Is this bet going to be? it's already been a month. Like, is it going to be another, another month just to, to have an idea? Mm. Like that's, that's, it might be okay, but how many of these two months bets can you do? Totally. Yep. Yeah. I, I, um, I think that, you know, let's say that this, uh, let's say that this crashes and burns and doesn't go anywhere or whatever. I think that going forward for every subsequent bet that I make, I think that there needs to be a multiplier set to the bet that helps you to helps you to calibrate like how long does it take to break in and what's involved in breaking in because that's really the problem here is that these communities these DTC community communities exist but I can't break into them and you it's like all right well if you want to not that you it's not that you can't break in but this is what's involved with breaking in. And it's a time, it, it's a, it could be a time factor. It could be a money factor. There's, there's a lot of reasons why it would be difficult to break in. Um, and that has to be a, that has to be stated alongside with the bet. Um, Cause I agree. Like if I, it, I, I think about the, you know, if the next bet was, okay, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm having trouble. Like, you know, say it was a, a, a community similar to Shopify, for example, it's like, all right, well, how do you get them to talk to you? The only way to know is to try. And I will say that there's a lot of snake oil salesmen. I, I mean, I know there's a lot of snake oil salesmen in the world, but like, <laughs> especially in the e-commerce world, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of agencies. There's a lot of grifters that are just trying to get people's business or, or get into people's businesses. And rightfully so, these, these people are skeptical. It could be why I'm not getting any responses to my cold emails or, you know, okay. cold messages. Right. But yeah, I, I guess I don't really have a great answer for you. Like, could I have known what was involved in getting into the Shopify ecosystem before doing this? Maybe, maybe. But it's a consideration that I that I have for the for the next bets that I make. Yeah, because when you're shaping a bet, like, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, if you were building a, a Twitter ecosystem or something like that, or excuse me, like a, a Twitter plugin, for example, if I, I don't even know if you can anymore. I, yeah, anyway, but say, <laughs> say, say I did at least then it's like the people who are talking about how to do well on Twitter, like 
they're probably on Twitter. They're probably tweeting. Right. Yeah. Like if I think for my next thing, like I, yeah, I would want a community where people are talking about their problems and I can take a problem. I can spit up a landing page with like proposing a solution for that problem and then start getting people, getting feedback from people. Yeah. That's, that's how I would scope it. I bet it's like, it's like, it's quick. It's like, I pick a problem. I throw up a landing page with a sign up form for the, for a waiting list or for whatever for, Mm -hmm. and I start like, yeah, does, does this strike a chord with anyone? Mm. And if not, I I pick the next problem and do the same thing again. Another landing page, another forum. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing is the speed of iteration if you were tackling this, the speed of iteration would be higher. You'd be making a bet every week, every yeah, two I think weeks. So. Yeah, I think so. I think I think I I think I could do it in a week. Okay. Like I mean, I would want to be able to do it in. A, so in this yes. case, I think yeah. The the fact that no one, everyone seems to be cold to talking to mm-hmm. to an outsider about about their problems. Right. Yeah. Then I would say, okay. You know what? I don't. I, I don't think I can operate in this watering hole. I'm gonna. I'm going to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I guess I will say that when I decided to pull the trigger to try to talk to more people, what I was thinking was that it seems rare that there are you know watering holes that exist where people are just like, oh man, I sure do wish this was purple, or I, I don't know, like that are that are so blunt. But you know, I mean, I don't want to be cavalier, but like you know, that are that are that open with exactly the problems they're having, but. I mean, it does exist, and maybe, and maybe that's just the, maybe that's the where the, the 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 end of this trail is that if I'm a solo person trying to make a living for myself in a reasonable amount of time, those are exactly the problems that I need to be finding because everything else is going to require way too much investment, and I'm going to starve to death before uh, before exactly. I can make it. Fuck, you know what? That's a really that's a really good point. That's a really really profound point just being super honest about like, look, like that's what, sure. If, if you've got all the time in the world and whatever, if you love e-commerce, then start an e-commerce store, do this. Cause that's what it takes to break in. But if, yeah, if you want to, don't want to starve to death before then, then <laughs> get, get to then find something, find lower hanging fruit. Right. I mean, at, at the very beginning, you had some, like some ideas, some problems that were, that were expressed, like, the speed of their sites or the fear that a plugin would slow down their site. Yeah. Like I would, I would, I think at that point I would have brainstormed a bunch of solutions mm. that solve this problem and like pick one, throw up a landing page and let's see, like I, uh, mm. you know, whatever, whatever it is, I have this uh, free ebook that will tell you the, the best plugins that don't slow down your site or mm. whatever. Like I really, I have no idea what yeah. I'm talking yeah. about because I haven't hung out in those spaces, but right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I didn't, I haven't taken any time to really be helpful. I've tried to be, but yeah, like I haven't taken any time to be, yeah, to be helpful. Or I guess I never felt like I could be like, so sorry. What I mean to say is I love your idea of this like free ebook and it's like, Oh, there's a way to learn about page speed. And it's like, put your email in and I'll send you a, I'll send you a thing about page speed. Um, yeah. Like that could be something I do. To, or you know in that in that particular uh vertical it's like yeah that's what you that's what you can do mm. yeah or like an auditing service for plugins mm. you know like sure shopify reviews them and make sure that they're 
they're not malware, but uh, do they check like what performance impact they have on the site and how can you uninstall them or how easy is it to set up? What are the common caveats? Mm. Like if you could be an, an auditor that tests all the plugins and then adds them to these monthly reports, you pay a membership fee to receive these reports every month. Right. Yeah. Anything that gets you closer. Cause I, yeah, I guess, hmm, I guess this is a mistake that I've made is I have to like be there with the final offer in hand of like, yep, this is what it is. And this is exactly what I'm proposing versus like, okay, well you can put up an offer and see if you get traffic, but maybe what's more important is yeah. That incremental like, Oh, there's a bunch of people who are concerned about page speed. Let me put out let me put out some stuff about PageSpeed. I'll write a little ebook. I'll write a checklist. I'll do bespoke things. Somebody's got a question. I'll get in there and try to help them. Right. Yeah. And you can you can have a few e bombs that are for that are for free. You you yeah. have some some facts you can share about specific plugins. Mm. But then you lead them to a funnel where they pay to to get regular updates about what's new, what mm. what people are saying about it, what are the caveats. Yeah the tips to be up and running without any issues with that new plugin. Right. But again, like, you know, I just, I didn't even t- talk to anyone or even read any of these problems, but mm. it's, it's just to show how, how quickly I would try to f- find an idea, like find a, an idea of a solution to a, a problem that I saw and, and then throw a landing page and have an idea. Like if, if people sign up for this, like what's the minimum I can do. So, they sign up for it. All right. So I'll, I'll create a Shopify store and I'll add up one of the popular plugins and I'll analyze how it affects the speed of the site. And mm. and then that's the next month's report. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. If, yeah, but then again, is, is this an idea you want to be doing, right? Like, is that really what I want to be doing? Is Or maybe in, I, I can do it for a few months, but it's something that I can easily outsource later on. Yeah, I, I, I think one of the reasons I never try. Well, I mean, well, first of all, I didn't think to do this, so it's like there's a good reason for for not doing it. But <laughs> I, yeah, like nothing stops me from doing that. I mean, if I'm interested in if that was a problem that I saw someone asking, then yeah, like why not? That's that's a great way to yeah hack your way up of just like yeah, I don't know, like people were asking, let me try it and let's see if I can attract clicks because yeah, if I. If people are interested in cha- in page speed, then they'll they'll get interested in this. Okay, I'm I'm not I'm not saying you should continue at all in this in this. No, no, no. But it, just the idea of how big I would make these tests, like. Mm. But in yeah. this case, like if if you found it hard to share links in these in these subreddits or forums or mm-hmm. DMing people, then yeah, maybe it's it's not worth continuing at all in this in this space. Yeah, I mean, it's page speed is a is one that I definitely latched onto because it's technical in nature, so it plays to my strengths. Because a lot of these exactly. guys are like, "Oh, how do you deal with this like one minute thing?" It's like, "Fuck, I don't know. Like, I don't run an e-commerce store. I can't help you." But it's like, what I can help with is things like page speed. So I latched onto it because I saw people asking about it, or people like I don't know how many times I saw it, but but yeah, this idea of uh, yeah, like figuring out how to be helpful today, right now. If this doesn't work. Next audience is needs to be technical in nature. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just thinking about like, um, I'm thinking about things that exist out there that I don't know anything about. 
could be, I don't know, Chrome plugins or YouTube or Notion or anything. It's like, well, there's going to be some learning involved unless it's like, how do you, how do I work on this platform that Matt built and understands perfectly? Then great. I'm uniquely positioned to be able to help you. But otherwise it's, yeah, like I, I need something with a lower barrier to entry uh, because otherwise how the hell, if, if I have to learn the entire skill in order to be able to help them, then it's, that's no help. Right. But if the barrier to entry is lower, like Notion is an interesting one because it's such a simple product with like a, a database in it that I already know how to use. So it's like, yeah. okay, great. Like take a look around and see what people are doing. Yeah, exactly. Or like the, what, what's his name? Julian. He, he started Notion Forms. You yeah. Know, it was a very simple idea. Like uh, Notion doesn't have a way to like create a public form that you can share and people can add stuff to your Notion database. Yep. So he just built it and yeah, it's doing really well. Mm. But I wonder, like, I wonder how, what was, what was, was his first MVP? Like, was it just a landing page? Mm. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a very interesting question. Yeah. It's no, you're, you're totally right. It's like, I'm, I, so I've taken this first step, which is like, you know, bounding my, my, my bets in bounding them in time. But it's like, all right, so how do we make that time even shorter and figure out a time to value? Yeah, that's it. Like you, you're, if you're thinking in in one year, I want to have something that makes so much. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if it takes, if it's going to take me two months to build that thing, <laughs> yeah, then I I don't have one year. I have ten months exactly to find the, the thing. Mm-hmm. So then, do I do I try to find the thing one per month or one yeah. per two weeks or one per week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I need to be a little more, this is, this has been very enlightening. The fruit's got to be like laying on the ground, maybe rotten on one side. Like (laughs) (laughs) there's like a careful bite that you could take out of that fruit. Um, But because like, no, you're totally like, you're, you're just right. Just in terms of audience accessibility and, and time to get to a solution and all that stuff. Like it's got to be really low hanging. Otherwise, uh, it, there's too much investment required to um, uh, to get to to get to a uh, uh, to get to a place that can sustain me, which is the goal. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you've been doing a great job talking to people like that's definitely and and cold DMing people like those are the scary things to do, and a mm. lot of people are not doing those things at all because they're too scary. So like, yeah, kudos for that. That, that that's good. I just think. Maybe you need to scope them down, like have some, mm. when you, when you start, have a clear idea of what, what's the, what's the success criteria and what's the like kill switch criteria. Yep. All right. I'm yep. going to go in this watering hole and you know, whatever. In one week I want to have a landing page. Mm-hmm. And then in the next week I want to have at least 20 signups. Like, yeah. Okay. This, th- this is you, this has been a useful discussion for me. Just, yeah, in terms of how I'm picking things and uh, when when to kill, when to kill. Because I've, I've certainly learned a lot about Shopify. I definitely don't uh, regret the time that I've spent, but I, I agree with you that, yeah, figuring out how to be, um, being a little more selective about uh, the investment required to get to a win, to get to a win that will allow me to take another bet. Because, like, I basically just took another bet off of having no real signal at all other than, money is flying around in this space and there's some people talking online that I'd like to talk to. Like that's not, if I had to think back, I would say that's not really a good reason to, um, that, that bet was ill-placed. Um, that's okay. But, um, 
I can do better next time. I think in hindsight, my conclusion is that is that that market is saturated and it's all the low hanging fruit have all been solved by multiple vendors. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a lot of people, like you said, there's there's grifters and there's a lot of people doing cold outreach. So mm-hmm. they're, 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 that audience is deaf now to do <laughs> <to> that <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> Yeah. It's like it's like podcasters, right? Like we yes. get so much spam for like Oh my god. services for podcaster, membership or yeah. yeah, like all these things for podcasters, we we get it all and we just yeah, flag as spam immediately. Mm. Like, yeah. But 5, 10 years ago maybe then yeah. all that stuff really worked for podcasters. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Okay, cool. So I guess what I'll say here is uh, I've got a few more interviews coming up. I'm going to do them. Uh, and if I don't, so my last interview is on Monday, Monday, Monday. Uh, my last interview is on Monday. I will, uh, I'll know by then uh, at the end of that interview, if I don't have a clear lead or I, I need a clear next step, it could be a landing page, but it needs to be something like I can give it to someone and actively solicit feedback on this thing. If I can't come out with that, then uh, it's on to the next and try to find some lower hanging fruit. Cool. Sweet. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much it for me. Uh, yeah. I mean, those are really the highlights. Recording every two weeks really, uh, yeah, <laughs> it allows you to pick kind of the cream. So Yeah, there's so much to talk about though, right? Like what we yeah. only talk every two weeks. Totally. Um, yeah. Cool. I don't have anything else to, to talk about. Cool. Yeah, neither do I. All right. Uh, sounds good. So I guess I'll see you in a couple of weeks then. We'll talk again. Awesome. And in Montreal? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm finally leaving Victoria. Uh, we're leaving on the 29th, 30th. We're leaving on the 30th, going to Montreal for like 10 days. Uh, we have to like go to the dentist and <laughs> renew prescriptions <laughs> and like all that stuff. <laughs> And then we're headed to Portugal for three months. So we'll be in Portugal from April 9th and 10th to early July. Okay. So my goal awesome. for Montre- my goal for Montreal is I might not be working while I'm there because I'm going to try really hard to find us an apartment uh, that we can get on July 1st because like everything's going to turn over. We're going to come back to Montreal on like the 5th of July or something. So. Oh, okay. Okay. To so find like, an apartment when you come back here. Yeah. So. Yeah, because otherwise, like, uh, there, there's going to be, like, every, all the inventory will have just turned over on July 1st. So, like, God knows what's going to be available. So, hopefully, oh, yeah. yeah, hopefully there'll be stuff available, or at least not, a, like, there'll be stuff uh, advertised when we're there uh, so we can rent in, uh, we can get it for July. Yeah. Yeah, and if the listeners don't know, Montreal is really weird about that. <laughs> Everyone moves on the 1st of July. Everybody does. Everyone. All the leases end on June 30th and start on July 1st. And to the point where if you are in a lease, you could be t- you could be entering a lease in September and they'll be like, great, this is an eight-month lease <laughs> because it yeah. needs to reset. I want it to reset in July. <sighs> yeah, it's, it, it, it makes no sense like because it, it's oh, a nightmare. God, like you, you can't find a moving truck because they're all booked. Yeah. Um, often, like everyone is moving on the same day, so I got to be out of my place in the morning. But yeah. the other place I'm going to has to be out also. Yeah. So often, 
people's furniture is just sitting there on the sidewalk waiting for the truck to arrive because it's late. And Yep. <laughs> or the moving truck be- doesn't show up at all. I've had friends that ha- happen, that happen to them. And the place you move into <laughs> is always filthy because we don't, well, yeah. we don't charge security deposits here. So there's no incentive to clean. So you're moving out of your apartment into a filthy place and you're like, ah. Yeah. But I mean, they have no time to clean because they just moved yeah. out that morning, right? Yeah. No, totally. It's crazy. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. So I might, uh, I okay. might have to take that, that week off of work to focus only on that, but we'll see. Cool. But then I'll be in Portugal. Nice. We're going to drink all the coffee and all the wine. And the Porto. Oh, give me the Porto wine. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. I'll catch you in, in a week or so. Cool. All right. Catch you later. See ya.